This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have a, a returning guest to our podcast, uh, Professor Jean-Marc Classé uh, from Lyon, France. And uh, we're going to talk about a very important study that was presented at the 2023 ASCO Annual Meeting. Uh, this study is the Cheap War uh, uh, Randomized Phase Three trial is hyperthermic intraperitoneal chemotherapy in platinum-sensitive relapsed epithelial ovarian cancer, the Chipor randomized uh, phase three trial. Jean-Marc, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, Pedro. It's really a pleasure to talk with you. So a very small detail. I'm not from Lyon, but from Nantes, but it's the same country as France. <laughs> um, it's very exciting to be here with you in order to speak about a SHIPO trial and in order to, to um, understand the main questions about this trial, because um, when you perform a so important trial, you need after to work a lot in order to convince specialists uh, to, to have a, a position about the results in order to move, maybe to move the guidelines. But this is the question. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And again, ap apologies for the uh, for the location in uh, in France. Uh, so I uh, wanted to get started with um, first asking you, um, what was the rationale for for doing this study, and and when was it actually conceived? Okay, so um, we have to go back in um, in uh, past. Um, we were in twenty o nine. And in 2009, um, a lot of um, retrospective data uh, state that uh, it, it was interesting. We, we didn't add any randomized trial about surgery for the first relapse of ovarian cancer, but a lot of retrospective data uh, and meta-analysis um, showed that uh, for patients with the late relapse after one year, after the end of initial treatments, um, it was very interesting to perform a complete surgery. It was not a proof. Uh, we had the proof, but very later with the desktop trial and um, uh, mm. the, the, the other uh, Chinese uh, uh, trial, very important uh, Chinese trial too. But mm. at, in 2009, we didn't add this kind of proof. Just we, we knew that it was interesting for patients uh, with the first relapse to have a complete uh, surgery. And in notes, we were working on IPEC with platinum. And uh, we tried at the first time in 2009 to obtain a national grants, um, very important, around a million of euros in order to build a randomized trial uh, to demonstrate that surgery with IPEC was uh, superior than surgery without IPEC for the PFS. And we didn't add the, the, the grants. And the main criticism was um, surgery is still not a proof. So mm. it's not possible to, to use um, two different uh, parameters, uh, surgery and IPEC. And your um, first objective is not enough important. And they mm. said, OK, for your um, trial next year, if you take overall survival as the first objective. And if you perform chemo first, because 
the standard treatment at this time was chemo first, was chemo and not surgery. So the, in 2010, I um, gave um, a new uh, hypothesis, a new trial, and I, I had the grant uh, to perform this trial with overall survival as the main objective. And with the beginning of the treatment with chemo first, it was very interesting because it was a way to, to select patients with a, a chemosensitive relapse in a way. So it was a very interesting. And the first inclusion was performed in May 2011. Amazing, amazing. Again, it, 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 it shows the, the trajectory of these prospective uh, studies that oftentimes, as we've seen in, in gynecologic oncology, it's uh, it's an uh, on a range eight to ten years to uh, mm -hmm. to design and and implement and complete these studies. So again, congratulations, obviously, to you and and the team. And it puts a lot of uh, elements in perspective with regards to why some of the uh, the study design uh, was uh, such. So I'll ask you as the next question. Um, you talked a little bit about the uh, uh, requirement for uh, platinum-based chemotherapy prior to surgery. Um, can you tell us about the study design of the CHIPOR uh, uh, trial? Yeah, uh, the study we the criteria uh, were um, patients uh, up to um, uh, 18 years old um, with an epithelial ovarian cancer and a first relapse, um, a disease-free interval of more than six years. Uh, because at this time, the, the international definition of uh, platinum-sensitive relapse was uh, six months or more of a platinum-free uh, interval after the end of initial treatment. And um, um, we had the decision, as this is very important, we had the decision to perform randomization during surgery. It was not so easy to explain to patients. So we lose a lot of patients because of this decision. But uh, now we, we can see that it was a very important decision. Mm -hmm. we, we perform and the, the surgeon must perform first the complete surgery to an eligible patient and include patient. And during this complete surgery, at the time of the surgery, when you say, okay, now I am in a complete surgery, CC0 or CC1, but no more, he performed the randomization. So uh, we had a very few number of patients um, eligible, included, but not randomized because of not complete surgery uh, CC0 or CC1, but very few and each in uh, the, the same, really nearly, nearly the same number in both group. And then that explains why we, we had a so important uh, rate of CC0, because it was a, a question of randomization. Yeah. And um, uh, obviously, we performed uh, first uh, six lines of uh, platinum-based uh, chemotherapy, platinum and carbotaxol, or platinum and uh, pegylated um, doxo, yes. the, the two uh, possible... Um, regimen of uh, chemo and um, after uh, we had a follow-up with a clinical assessments with a CT scan assessment every six months um, 
and uh, patient were followed um, until uh, six years, and we perform an amendment uh, to follow patients until death. So um, it was very important during during the the trial. We had very important uh, amendments, uh, an amendment um, about, but we will talk about that after about uh, thiosulfate to protect uh, KNA, but we will talk about that later. And an amendment about a PARP inhibitor. Mm. And uh, we add um, uh, criteria uh, to select patients. Uh, oh, I'm losing the, the word. Uh, it was um, a stratification, stratification criteria. And um, the, the first one was the, um, uh, uh, the platinum-free interval. Uh, the um, uh, outcome of surgery, CC0, CC1, and uh, the uh, residual, none or CC1. And uh, later, because at the beginning we didn't speak about POP inhibitor, but later we had an amendment to add uh, criteria uh, of stratification with a POP use. And the first one, the first criteria was center. Uh, the study and the randomization was stratified above centers because we had uh, twen around 24 uh, centers in France and some centers in Europe and, and one in uh, Canada. Uh, so um, even if a center give a, a low uh, number of patients, this was uh, stratified. So uh, if it was 10 patients, it was five in each group. Excellent. So I um I think you know just for the purposes of uh clarification and I and I believe you meant to say progression free interval more than six months initially you mentioned it was more than six years so definitely uh, I consider it's more than six months uh, that was a progression free interval for uh, for the um en uh, enrollment in the study and and again uh, congratulations on making that decision with regards to the randomization at surgery rather than uh, than before. Um, I, I wanted to just ask you, uh, Jean-Marc, uh, a follow-up question to the inclusion, and, and it was a discussion that some uh, have had uh, since the presentation of the study. Did you specifically target patients who had um, limited disease at the completion of the of the six cycles of chemotherapy? In other words, did you then um, uh, focus on only those patients that had limited uh, disease uh, in order to take them to surgery in order to then be randomized? So uh, it's very, it's an important question, but it's very interesting because um, at the time of uh, the beginning of SHIPO trial, we didn't add any um, a tool existing, no EGO score, uh, no E-model score. So we didn't use any score. Uh, we, we just say that in SHIPO trial, your patient must, be fit for a complete surgery. And uh, each surgeon could use what kind of uh, imaging. So we used the clinical status. Um, uh, obviously, a patient in a very uh, bad uh, status uh, was not uh, included. So the status and the limit of the status was two, uh, zero, one, and, and, and no more and um, the status and uh, the scan, CT scan. 
So uh, it was not possible to include patients with a metastasis, only lymph node uh, in a grain, only lymph node in a grain, uh, lymph node, uh, uh, retroperitoneal lymph node, but resectable, uh, and uh, nothing, uh, no metastasis. Um, and the selection, and we used, and it was not, uh, it's not a tool uh, acceptable in each country, but in France, we used laparoscopy. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of patients with a laparoscopy. And at the end, um, this uh, work, uh, pre-surgery, before surgery, allowed to uh, include patients with a very high rate of complete surgery. But we didn't use any tool. Now uh, we are working um, in uh, the data and we are looking uh, if we if we add ego score, if we use e-model, um, maybe the results are uh, going to be the same. But at the time of the, the trial, we didn't use the, any tool. Yeah. And Jean-Marc, one of the questions that has come up also in, in some of the discussions about this study in our group um, was, and you, you alluded a little bit to it before, um, given the numerous factors that impact overall survival in the setting of recurrent disease, wouldn't it have been um, more sensible to evaluate progression-free interval rather than the overall survival as your primary endpoint? Yeah. Um, so uh, as I, I told you in introduction, it was not possible for us to use um, uh, progression-free survival, but um, this is the history of the trial, the history of the grants. But um, if we want to consider um, scientific question, uh, why overall survival and no PFS? Um, PFS is not really um, a clear surrogate of overall survival in ovarian cancer uh, patients. And I think in, a treatment, a, a very hard treatment as complete surgery with digestive surgery, with uh, the removal of the spleen, with the removal of a peritoneum. Um, it's important to prove that you, you, you make all of this hard surgery to improve, to increase the overall uh, survival. And when you, when you look at the uh, recent um, progress in the treatment of ovarian cancer patients, you, you can see a lot of improvements of progression-free survival, but not a lot of improvements in overall survival. So I think it's very convincing, even if now we have to explain if the treatments at the next events, the next progression uh, in each arm, is this treatment equal? Or do we have any explanation of this overall survival difference, not in IPEC, but in the follow-up and uh, in the, the way to treat uh, the difference, new relapse until death. So this work is ongoing. I, I, I think it's for us the, the main work. Um, in the beginning, just a, a detail. In the beginning, we didn't add any information about uh, mutational status. Mm -hmm. So we had to obtain an amendment. And now we have the information of the um, mutational status for nearly each patient. Okay. 
each patient for which it was performed, uh, obviously. But we, we had a lot, a lot of uh, information and we are working on uh, the subgroup uh, to know if there's difference in uh, BRCA mutated or not mutated. Is it different? Um, uh, some uh, recent paper uh, about uh, IPEC and ovarian cancer um, say uh, thing very different. Sometimes it's better to be mutated. Sometimes it's better to be not mutated, to be wild. So uh, we will work on that. Um, it's ongoing. Uh, it's too soon to, to tell you, but uh, we are inviting in uh, the next uh, SGO. Um, we are inviting uh, invited in uh, Venice in, for the PSOGI. Um, so we will have uh, so, some data to add, some results. Uh, no, um, just now uh, teams are working on, on these results. But for me, the future of SHIPO is because we choose overall survival. So then let's get into uh, those results. The CHIPORS uh, study, obviously platinum-sensitive patient, recurrent surgery, uh, randomized to high-pec versus no high-pec after surgery. What were the results? What would you like to highlight as the take-home messages from uh, this study? So uh, I, I think obviously the main, uh, the main results and the main results... Um, it's that overall survival is positive. So uh, when we you consider just um, the um, median, you can have a median of 45.7 months in a no APA group and 54.3 months in the IPA group. This is important, obviously. And when you read a paper, that is what you, you Keep in mind, and when you talk to your patients during uh, your next uh, clinical meeting, you can say, "Okay, uh, I can improve uh, from nine to ten years, and uh, one to ten months." Uh, okay, but uh, this is just a point. The median is just a point. Um, what is important is the SR ratio, and the SR ratio is zero point sixty nine. And this is uh, when you consider the SR ratio of desktop free of Lion, of, uh, of IPEC, uh, very important, uh, very huge trials who, who move uh, the guidelines. Uh, the ASR ratio was uh, 0.69 or 0.70 or 71. So it's a very important uh, result. So uh, overall survival is positive. And um, we, we add uh, progression-free survival positive too, but uh, not um, in, not at the same uh, level, and uh, we, we need uh, to to propose to submit a paper to a very important uh, review. We need to uh, bring explanation, and when you see um, the last publication of trials considering IPEC, you see that IPEC is a treatment of the peritoneum and. A patient dying from an advanced ovarian cancer is nearly each time dying from peritoneal carcinomatosis. It's, it's the end of uh, this very uh, severe uh, disease. And it seems that IPEC improve, uh, increase 
the, the long uh, survival of uh, peritoneal uh, relapse, uh, as if um, the treatment of the peritoneum give a long time without uh, peritoneal relapse. And that's maybe why uh, we can observe this uh, benefit in uh, overall survival. So we have um, a curve that was not in the ASCO slides. Uh, will be uh, this line will be in the next uh, meeting. Uh, it's a um, peritoneal uh, progression-free survival with a, a huge benefit uh, in the group of IPEC. Maybe it's one explanation. And we need, uh, I, I, I said that uh, in the beginning of our webinar, we, we need to bring information uh, about the next progression uh, in uh, both group to know uh, if uh, we, we can consider that the, the treatments and the events are equal in the two groups. But the, it was uh, the main results, uh, positive results uh, in survival, overall survival, and a positive survival uh, in progression-free survival, even if it's uh, not at the same level. Great. And Jean-Marc, getting into some of those details, uh, my, my first question on the results, um, you know, certainly it was targeting disease-free survival greater than six months. Um, the progress, you know, the progression-free interval was about 17 months. Um, so over a year, you know, certainly a year and a half. And in addition to that, um, the saddle reduction rate to R0 was over 85%. So are we to conclude that the benefit really truly lies in the very long disease-free interval population that uh, also undergoes complete set of reduction? Yeah, uh, I think you are, you are through. And um, um, if we can uh, dream of a change in the next guidelines, uh, it's possible that um, we could write that uh, IPEC in the treatment of the first ovarian cancer relapse uh, is for patients with um, one year or more than one year um, platinum-free interval. Even if at the beginning in the inclusion parameters, we, we, we wrote um, six months or more, but it was just a definition uh, because as I said, at this time in uh, 2010, uh, it was a definition of a platinum sensitive first relapse. But uh, um, obviously we, we observe that uh, colleagues who include patients in uh, SHIPO choose to include patients with a more, more longer uh, platinum-free uh, interval. So um, we, can, we can say that for this kind of patients, it's a positive uh, trial. If you consider the rate of CC0, uh, it's the uh, highest rate uh, if you consider desktop. Uh, desktop is a very high rate of complete surgery, but I think it's about uh, 75 or 76 uh, percent. Here it's 87. It's just but because it was a criteria to, to include and to perform the randomization during surgery. So that's why it's a so high um, criteria. We didn't use any tool. As I said, we didn't use any tool to say, okay, this patient is fit for a complete surgery, but the results remain good because without tool, we, we select a very uh, good population of patients. Uh, for me, it's not, uh, it, it's a success to say, okay, for patients with a very long uh, disease-free uh, interval and with a very um, high rate of complete surgery, you can improve their uh, overall survival with IPEC. It's a good result. Yeah. So then of course, obviously I have to ask uh, about morbidity. 
uh, in your study, uh, the length of surgery was longer as typically would be expected for the high pec group. Uh, I believe the rate of bowel resection was about 41%. The rate of grade three morbidity was 35%. Um, what would you say to those who say, well, you know, it's all of this justified? Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, I, I think for me, um, we, um, we, we deserve, or our patients deserve uh, a very clear reply to this question. Because we can say, okay, it's possible to increase your survival, but at what cost? Okay. So um, when you consider the rate of mortality, we didn't add any mortality in the IPEC group within the 31st days after surgery. And unfortunately, we observed three deaths in the no IPEC group. And if you consider um, now uh, the, the, the severe toxicity, we used the, we used, uh, the CTCAE uh, version 4 uh, for our morbidity. And um, you have um, two different things very important. If you consider surgical morbidity and uh, digestive tract disorders and so on uh, digestive morbidity and surgical morbidity we we have um, we had in a slide a table uh, at esco uh, 7% in a no ipeg group 9% in the ipeg group so no no so different but um, the high rates of uh, severe morbidity in the ipeg group was uh, blood disorders, was um, biological disorders, and kidney failure. We had a lot of uh, kidney failure uh, in the IPEC group. And what is interesting is that in France, maybe it's not the same in the the world, but in France, it was not possible to use thiosulfate to protect the kidney. It was not possible at the beginning of of the study. When we add the publication of the of IPEC, we perform immediately an amendment. And when you consider kidney failure, uh, severe kidney failure after this amendment uh, by using the thiosulfate, you observe 3.7% in a no IPEC group and 3.9%. Not any difference in a true group. So I think in a SHIPOR trial, we are going to say, okay, we add uh, high rates of kidney failure, but in the next future, when you move the, the guidelines and use IPEC uh, for um, the first relapse of your next patient with sulfate, you will not observe any difference in the kidney failure. That's very important. Very well. Um, I'm going to jump into some of the questions from our fellows. This one is from Giuseppe Cucinella from Italy. And uh, I think you alluded to it a little bit before. He wants to know about What's the ideal algorithm um, outside of a clinical trial in order to select the uh, patients? Is it imaging? Is it diagnostic laparoscopy? You as an expert, what do you recommend? Well, I think we need international discussion about one thing. Um, In 2010, we didn't add any randomized trial who confirmed the the importance of uh, surgery for this situation. Now we have two trial positive with overall survival. We have a desktop and desktop is surgery or no surgery and chemo and is positive for surgery, complete surgery. And we have SHIPOR, which was chemo, 
surgery for every patient, IPEC or no IPEC. So we have two uh, different situations. Uh, I think um, uh, maybe the maybe we will need a new trial. As um, our colleague from Netherlands are performing the of IPEC two. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of IPEC one was uh, in, in internet interval debulking, so of IPEC two was okay. It's not possible to say oh interval debulking it's positive, so we perform IPEC for every patient. So they said okay, it's not possible to bring any reply when without a new randomized trial. So they perform of IPEC two uh, with um, uh, IPEC at the beginning with primary surgery. So maybe. We need to perform the same thing and perform SHIPOR uh, 2. I hope with more teams in order to wait less than 10 years to obtain the results. Um, outside the trial, we, we need to discuss the, the files of our patients every week without a randomized trial. We, we don't have a randomized trial for each situation. So mm-hmm. I think now uh, it's, it's um, legitimate to say, okay, I have a patient with a very uh, with approved uh, first relapse and uh, a feasible complete surgery uh, with no um, with a, uh, a low uh, index of severity. Um, if you want to use this uh, this tool, and uh, discuss with the team and with the patient about surgery and IPEC. Uh, it's possible to discuss, but it's not possible to affirm that it is positive in this situation, but it's possible to discuss that. Um, And I think for a patient, we have to discuss in a very um, expert center uh, to discuss IPEC and in international discussion as your webinar, we have to discuss the opportunity to perform a new trial uh, in order to demonstrate that it's positive after chemo, and maybe, we hope, we don't know, it's uh, positive too uh, in the situation of uh, primary surgery. Yeah. So, uh, Jean-Marc, I'll, I'll go to a question that, of course, you knew that this was going to come up, and, and I think you alluded to um, before. Uh, this is from Matt Wager in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, he says, a portion of patients in the Chipor receive maintenance therapy with PARP inhibitors. An even smaller portion receive maintenance with bevacizumab. What was the effect of these therapies as it relates to overall survival in the HIPEC versus no HIPEC groups? Were these differences between those who received maintenance therapy and those that did not? How does this impact the outcomes? Because I, of okay. course, I think also many patients will have this question as well. Uh, of course. So um, b- before, I must say that uh, at the beginning of the of Shipo, uh, uh, considering bevacizumab, considering bevacizumab, you had the first uh, publication in 2012 about uh, beva uh, and uh, ovarian cancer relapse, but not with the. the I think it was James Sitabin. It was not the, the main chemo. Uh, it was not platinum. So uh, we have to wait until 2018 to uh, see uh, the, the first trial was Ocean. And uh, we had to, to wait to, until uh, 2018 to see the first randomized trial positive with bevacizumab in the first relapse with uh, chemo with platinum. 
But in 2018, uh, she portrayal was just waiting for his uh, two more years and uh, it was closed. So um, we that explained why um, we did add uh, a very huge rate of patients uh, with uh, bevacizumab. Um, one third uh, of the patients in each group was uh, received bevacizumab as a primary treatment. So it was not possible to obtain uh, bevacizumab more for, for these, uh, these patients. I think this is the explanation for bevacizumab. It's just the history of the, the trial and the history of bevacizumab. And the fourth PARP inhibitor is, is um, the same thing. Uh, and uh, it's worse. It's worse because um, the, the PARP inhibitor were not existing in uh, the beginning of the trial. And when they appeared, we, we can see a very low rate. Uh, I have the, the, the table uh, I used uh, in uh, ASCO uh, communication with just 46 uh, in the, the NOAPEC group, you add 208 patients and you had 46 patients treated with PARP inhibitor. And in the IPEC group, 207 patients and just 35 received uh, PARP E. So, I think for me, but it's it's a discussion. For me, this kind of subgroup is not going to bring any information because a statistician say, okay, if you want to demonstrate anything, you need 400 patients mm -hmm. and we are going to discuss 46 and 35. I, I think it's not uh, accurate. Yeah. And uh, another question from Matt is regarding, you said you stratified patients to the progression-free interval of six to 12 months, then the 12 to 18 months and more than 18 months. Uh, HIPEC, is it much better for that population of the very long progression-free interval? We alluded to a little bit earlier, but you know, is there any benefit in those patients that are recurring within six to 12 months? Yeah. So um, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't have this reply now because we are waiting. We are working on uh, this uh, kind of uh, information. You know, um, after the after um, the, the first work, uh, just just to to remind to you, you have to say that the last event we we were waiting for two hundred and sixty eight events to to uh, close the data, and uh, the last events was in the beginning of uh, January 2023. Uh, we, we had uh, two months or three months to perform the um, abstracts for the ESCO. And after it was uh, summer and vacation. And so teams not in vacation are working now uh, because we want to submit, we, we really want to submit uh, quickly uh, because for me, um, we need to submit in September. Um, it's very important to be uh, near the, the end of the trial if you want to, to remain something uh, uh, updates. So uh, we are working on that. But now we don't have the subgroup analysis, uh, even for the residual disease and even for uh, the, the third um, group of uh, disease-free uh, interval. Yeah. And then the next question is also along those same lines from Seda Sahin in, uh, in uh, Turkey. And she asked, do, do you have any data so far on the BRCA uh, mutation subgroups? Yeah. So um, at the time of the ESCO uh, meeting, we had the information for 
79 patients in a no IPEG group and 81% of patients in the IPEG group. So we, we had a lot of information. And in with this very high rate of information, we had only 51 mutated in the no IPEG group and 48, 48, 51, 48, 51 in the IPEG group. So the, the same number. Same issue, yes. Um, this next question, actually, several fellows asked about this. And, uh, you, you know, at the completion of the HIPEC, uh, in your study, you mentioned it was standard of care, according to the physician's practice. So they're interested, again, in this concept of the of the PARP maintenance after recurrence. And, and likely, again, from, from this study, you didn't have enough numbers to, to uh, evaluate but they still wanted to know your opinion as to whether this is there is there a benefit to part maintenance after recurrence having had this approach yeah um, it's really interesting but to be clear it's just a discussion it's not possible to to affirm anything for me uh, and we will see in the next future if i'm right or wrong for mm -hmm. me the the best treatment for a patient with the first relapse of ovarian cancer is the addition of each efficient treatment. Um, um, I remember in a, in a French uh, meeting, um, one of us, a uh, surgeon, really expert in um, surgery of ovarian cancer, and we know uh, exactly that it's very hard, uh, a lot of rates of um, morbidity and so on. And we said, okay, now we are the good chemo, we had uh, PARP-E, we had um, BEVA. Uh, why do we perform so important uh, surgery? It's the same question. And I think if you look at each paper, each randomized trial, always, 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 the best results are in the group of complete surgery. Yeah. So a patient with a first relapse, you have to perform the mutational status. If she didn't add uh, PARP-E, you give her PARP-E. Uh, if you can, you perform complete surgery. If you can, you perform IPEC, platinum-based IPEC. And you, you must add. And if tomorrow we demonstrate that uh, PAMBRO, uh, another treatment is uh, effic effic efficient, you must add in order to bring um, really when when we look at 20 years ago, um, it was it was not possible at this time to say, okay, we can bring a patient with a relapse to more nearly 60 months, 60 years of overall survival. Uh, it was something really incredible. And now we can perform that. Uh, it's not possible um, and I am not statistician, but statistician, they explained us that it's not possible to compare different uh, randomized trials and to say, okay, we have the overall survival in this one and this one because it's not the same patient, the same inclusion criteria and so on. But in a um, very recent paper about uh, the first relapse, we observed each time around uh, 55 to 60, 65 months uh, 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 of survival. And this is very important. Yeah. So, uh, Jean-Marc, obviously we covered a, a lot of topics and uh, uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So I wanted to ask you uh, one last question, uh, because everyone always wants to know, and particularly from the principal investigator of the of the study. 
after the results of the Sheepboard study, and of course, obviously, there's data from desktop three as well. Um, when you see your patients next week with a platinum-sensitive recurrence, how are you counseling uh, your patients? And is there any one patient where you say you're not a good candidate for HIPEC? Yes, I, I yeah, you, you're right. Uh, for me, HIPEC must be merged with complete surgery. If you are not able to perform complete surgery, you, you don't have to speak about IPEC. But uh, recently, I had to, to discuss with patients about IPEC with the results of the trial. Uh, it, it's not really uh, good to, to make dream. Um, the patient in front of you wants to, to, to be alive uh, longer than possible. So it's, it's not kind to, to, to make her dream with uh, the results of a trial. But I, I talk about uh, IPEC and some say no. Some say no. I, I think in our discussion of expert, we, we are surgeons, we are, we are men. So I, I think the patient is missing in this discussion because uh, sometimes we, we, we are able to say okay uh, this difference is not so important um, this is free survival is not the good criteria even it's positive but it's good not okay but what think a patient and sometimes we say okay uh, in a medical economic issue um, is it expensive to perform but but uh, you you perform some uh, uh, if you perform um, uh, treatments uh, with uh, immunotherapy uh, for uh, some uh, uh, leukemia uh, you have treatments very expensive and uh, it's not the same level of coit of cost than surgery um, but you treat uh, this is the question and the next question is who, who is paying who is paying uh, if it's a patient, it's uh, not very easy and just only patient with a lot of money could pay. Uh, if you are in a country with good insurance, uh, you can treat. But um, I think it's very important to, to have this discussion also with patients. Well, this has been excellent. This is uh, uh, an excellent discussion uh, with you, obviously, going into so many details, as, as frequently the case when I, when I uh, um, interview the principal investigators of prospective randomized trials, it seems that there's, there's a lot more questions to answer uh, rather than this being a, a, a definitive answer. And, and that's the beauty, of course, of obviously doing these trials. I want to, of course, obviously congratulate you for what what an amount of massive work, um, so many years dedicated to the implementation and completion of this study. Uh, also want to congratulate all of the other uh, sites and, and investigators who participated. And of course, we always uh, thank all the patients who participate in these uh, in these studies. It's really been a, a true pleasure once again, and thank mm -hmm. you for accepting our invitation. Well, a warm thanks, uh, Pedro, for your invitation. Uh, it's a, really a pleasure to discuss with you. And uh, it's a, a pleasure to discuss about SHIPO trial because your question uh, helped me to bring response in order to convince a lot of, of people uh, about the results of uh, SHIPO and why not the, the change of uh, guidelines. Yeah, we're, we're uh, really looking forward to the additional information that's coming from this study. So very, very excited about that. Thank you once again. Thank you. Goodbye.